Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to Nobody Cares. I am Auntie Donahue. This is my podcast. There's nothing you can do about it. It's already been done. And this is the podcast where we talk about the things that some people are completely obsessed with and the rest of their friend circle are like, please stop talking about this. This week, we are going to welcome Aisha Brown, who is one of the funniest, most interesting, most talented, intelligent comics I have probably ever met. And she has put up with me in a mall shopping. So I think that definitely means we're going to be friends forever. She's going to talk about fame, not the thing that Justin Bieber experiences, but the film, which is pretty great considering I have never seen it. Anyways, I have found, if you're wondering why I'm doing this, that when people talk about what they really love, no matter what the topic is, it's always super interesting. So even if you're not super into what somebody's bringing to the table, you're probably going to learn a couple things when you hear them talk about it so passionately and so full of life. And Aisha is both of those things passionate, full of life. She'll hate these descriptors, I am sure. So anyways, let's not waste time. Aisha Brown, Nobody Cares, fame. Okay, hi. Hi. I already introduced you, so like I don't have to do anything professional. <laughs> That's Aisha Brown. Ah, oh, cool. I bet you said a bunch of nice stuff. Terrible things. <laughs> There's terrible things about you. Well, there's those two. I mean, here's the thing. You're finally here. I'm so happy. You're my second guest. Thank you for having me. I'm obsessed with you. Oh, man. Right back at you. Listen, we went to the mall one time. (laughs) We experienced Marche values. If you've ever been to Rich Tree, you'll understand. Yes. And then our bond lasted forever. It's been it's been pretty solid. It we is. record. We did a, a pilot together recently. We did do that. And that was fun. That, we encountered a coke monster. It was oh, great. That's a very flattering way to describe that person. Actually, <laughs> we won't say the name, but we will say, "Oh my god!" And yeah. things will never forget <laughs> that any of it. Fortunately, you've chosen something that kind of. I mean, there could be coke monsters in what you're talking about. I haven't oh, seen this film. Hundred percent. Are yeah. there? I mean, yes, I okay. believe so. They, they allude to it. But. Okay, so why don't you tell me right now what you love and nobody cares about? I love the movie Fame. Yes. And not the – there's like a 2009 version. Oh, yeah. That's utter garbage. I tried to watch it and I was like, please remove this from my site. But the 1980 version, which is also the year I was born, I am obsessed with it. Okay. So, I mean, right off the top – when did you see this movie and mm. did you fall in love with it right away or was it something that took a little while for you to be like, oh, shit, this movie is amazing? So I always felt like I was destined to love this movie. <laughs> it sounds insane. That's amazing. As I'm saying it. So I, when I was younger, uh, my mom put me in like – like uh, competitive jazz dance. Oh my god! Yeah, I was I was pretty lanky and awkward, but the costumes, all of it, spoke to like her love of like 
frill and fanciness. And so uh, I was in that, and I wasn't a great dancer, but I did enjoy the aspect of performing, right? And I also was like a class clown, like just any way of like exposing myself and being like an idiot in front of people. I was all about it. And uh, and fame was always just uh, is something – there was a television show, Fame, which by the way is not great – but features a lot of the cast of the movie uh, in their original roles. And the, the dance scenes and the songs all uh, choreographed by Debbie Allen, who, who is in the movie. She has like a bit part in the movie as a teacher, but uh, she's fantastic and I love her. And um, so I, I always loved watching dance and like being surrounded because in my mind I was like, I'm going to be a dancer one day. And briefly I was a hip-hop uh, dancer throughout the end of high school and a portion of my 20s. I danced in an all-girl hip-hop group in Scarborough called uh, Black Magic. Oh my god. <laughs> I had no, I did not know this. Were you in videos or did you perform in public? Oh no, or? no. Uh, I was not. There were several people I danced with who were great and who went on to like keep dancing but I was not. The, I was like, let's put her in the back. I just had a lot of like pizzazz but no actual like coordination or, or skill. But I I've always been obsessed with like watching performing, watching like dance and a little obsessed with the 80s in general. The 80s are amazing. The 80s. Considering we were born in that decade. Yeah. Like I I actually – I think I read a tweet of Chelsea Peretti's who was just like there is something about like name a movie in the 80s that was any good. Ha, ha, ha. Right. There's not one or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm terrible on Twitter so I can't even really paraphrase a tweet. But I will agree that a lot of what I love about the 80s is nostalgia. Ooh. And But I will say that, that fame holds up. Like a lot of my previous 80s obsessions do not – they have not aged well. Okay. So I have never seen fame. I know this is like anyone no, listening just like people haven't. I mean, it's something that I remember being talked about. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Center Stage came out, I was 14 mm. or 15. And one of the reviews was like, it's fame for the modern age. Mm. So what is the synopsis? If you could give us a little glimpse into fame for those okay. fellow ignorant souls. It's, it's almost impossible for me to talk about fame in a normal way because I feel like I <laughs> – like I love it for all the dumb reasons. Oh, like, that's why you should. This is great. Those so, are dumb. Those are perfect reasons. It's um, and and I will admit the ending is brutal. It's hard. It's it's a hard watch. You like, can spoil the ending, just so you know, because oh, the really? movie is for sure older than everyone <laughs> at this point. It's older than like, Alex, is, our producer, exactly sitting here. My age. I am fame. You are fame. <laughs> you were born out of fame. I was born. The out of ending fame. is you being born, and well, then here we are. It takes place in New York, which was another obsession of mine as a kid. We used to visit my aunt in Brooklyn every summer and stay there with her. And I was obsessed with it because in my mind, I was from boring old Canada, you know, and like back then, there was no internet back then. So I don't know. I feel like Toronto got a lot cooler, but very, like very recently, like in the last 15 to 20 years as a child, specifically Scarborough, where I grew up, was pretty boring. And so whenever I was in New York, I'm like, it's the sights and the sounds. I feel like I'm going to live forever. Like I was just very excited to be in New York anytime I was in New York. Even when people were dissing me, which they always did, because to them, they're like, why do you sound like that? Like, I sound like Urkel to everyone in New York as a child. But <laughs> so, but I was like, yeah, this is where the magic happens is in New York. And it takes place at a performing arts school, which I – Always wanted to go to, but I, my parents insisted on sending me to private school for like 
a long time until private school was like, you need to take your daughter out of here. She is bad at this. <laughs> so I eventually got kicked out of private school and got to go to public school in Scarborough, which for me was kind of like fame because I was like, look, uh, people of color, <laughs> an arts program. It, it like my parents thought it was like a punishment, like, look at the consequences. But I was like, I'm finally going to go to school with Coco and Leroy, pivotal characters in the movie and television show. Oh, my God. So it was almost like what you like. I mean, I grew up in suburbia and I remember watching yeah. like like I, I, I mean, I'll use center stage a lot because that was like my big gateway. I own that on DVD. It's a solid it's watch. It's a solid film. Of the dance movies. It's uh, like it's in the top five. Doesn't matter that her last performance is impossible. It's just a clean. Only through witchcraft could that like, performance have been possible. The braids alone would have I'm taken. Like, <laughs> why? Oh. How did those costume changes? I don't know, but I remember being like get, trying to get ready after gym class and being like, if Jodie Sawyer can get her hair like this, so can I? And my friends being like, you literally reek of peach calgon. Please see yourself out of our friend circle immediately. But I, love you. I remember watching like – like the Manhattan scenes and being like, oh my God, like, and going to maybe like Jack Astor's in Kitchener, Ontario, <laughs> being like, this is just like what center stage is when they go to that one restaurant. It's almost like this idea of the kind of life you could have is like what Manhattan in these kind of movies is. Yeah. It, it's funny because it's like, I think for anybody who pursues an, like entertainment, at some point, they get an obsession about New York. I know for stand-up comedians, like a lot of them are like, yeah, New York's where my dreams are going to happen. I was like, no, it's where you're going to die in a roach-filled apartment. But, you know, dreams are subjective. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, oh yeah, the other thing about uh, about fame and, and private school. Um, so at I went to two private schools. I went to Toronto French School from okay. like junior kindergarten till seventh grade. Right. And they kicked me out for just – and not for rebel reasons. Like I was smoking and they, they couldn't handle it. <laughs> it was Gina like, from Full House. <laughs> I was <laughs> Gina from Full House. Yeah, I, I was not Gina. I was more – like I was just like not good at school and had like ADD but not even like fun ADHD where I was pulling pranks. I just wasn't focusing. I was just staring at a window. So they're like, you can't go here because that's all you do. So then I went to St. Clement's which was like an all-girls private school and like Anglican and uh, for like no reason, like no one was particularly religious at the school, but they had these morning like kind of uh, – they had this ritual where they're like every homeroom has to conduct a morning song. Like you pick a hymn and you lead the school in the hymn and I convinced my entire homeroom to do the theme from fame. <gasps> And not even them participating. We just played the CD. They stood in the background and I lip sank it and like <laughs> leaped across our like we had like an auditory gym. Like it was an auditorium and a gym. And so like that's what I did. And like I'm pretty sure it was the reason I got kicked out. Like they never said like you're kicked out because you're pirouetting when you should be praying. But I'm I, like it, it like was the most badass thing that you could do at this school. This is the most incredible story. And I (laughs) am desperate to be your friend in high school now. (laughs) You would have been the only person with that feeling. Pure wedding is prayer in certain circles. And I feel like that might be a really great tagline to fame. Thank you very much. You know what? 
Yeah. Yeah. Because, oh, but fame is great because it's not just all about dance. And it's very, what I love about it, it was like a realistic depiction of going. So basically, I should break down the movie because I I like, I've gushed enough. No, uh, there's not enough gushing on this podcast. You can never gush enough. It's like, it's a coming of age art school story where like you follow like a few characters. So like Leroy, Coco, Doris, uh, Ralph. <laughs> Bruno, like all these Montgomery McNeil. Sorry, there's just a lot. Of, those are like the main characters, and you follow their kind of journey. So you see them audition okay. to get into the school, and there's some very dramatic scenes with uh, with um. There's one girl that like basically Leroy, who's like this young black guy who's like a great like natural street dancer. They don't call him a street dancer, but they would if this was like being made today. They'd be like, you're a street dancer. But he's just like, you know, breakdancing in the streets. Um, and he's trying to help this girl from his neighborhood get into the school. Like he auditions with her, but he just blows her out of the water. And she's devastated because he gets the like a green piece of paper that means that he gets to go on to the second part of the audition and she gets like sent home. And so she flips out and I'm – and it, there's a scene where she's like, "Like I, that's okay. I didn't want to go to this ass licking school anyways. And she's bawling her eyes out. And I, I'm like, I have felt like that. Like I have, you know, that's like rejection. It's and, real. Yeah. And a lot of, they kind of capture the, the feeling that a lot of people who are trying to go to the school just want to, they just want a shot at something better than where they live. Um, but it's. It's very real. Like they, they, it's one character, Ralph Garcy, who I realize is not me, but I, he's a stand-up comedian, and he doesn't know it. And that is kind of how I've always felt about how I got into stand-up comedy. Like I was voted most likely to be a comedian at the prom, which was not what I was going for. I was going for prom queen. Okay, all the prom queens are fucking losers, <laughs> and I'm going to say that right now. I'm sorry. If you're listening and you were one, you know it in your heart. It's fine. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that day. Yeah. But the rest <laughs> of us are totally cool not peaking at 17, but continue. <laughs> yeah. So most likely to be a comedian, I ignored that recommendation for a solid, like, I want to say almost 15 years. Like, I was, I started comedy at 33. So, like... Yeah, just kind of always avoided pursuing stand-up. And and not that Ralph avoids it, but he, like, he auditions initially to be a musician, which he's not. Then he auditions to be a dancer. And then he goes into the acting audition and just launches into this, like, stand-up routine of his favorite comedian, Freddie Prince, and who's, like, somebody from his neighborhood. And um, anyways, it's a... Uh, but it's funny, like just even watching it now, I, I resonate more with the stand-up character than I do with the, the dance characters. But the movie has something for everyone. Basically, if you like an art, they have it. I think it's also like what you seem to be describing. And if I'm wrong, literally punch me in the face. <laughs> um, as I choke to death on the non-water I'm drinking. I, it seems like this movie's magic is – and the idea of its characters and anybody watching to like – it dares you to explore your own potential and to take risks and to be vulnerable because it seems to mm-hmm. celebrate the idea of vulnerability. It does until the end where everybody's vulnerabilities – like it ends on a real kind of sad note for most of the characters, which is real and kind of brave. Like I, I think the problem I've had with like the – the step up movies and uh, I mean I actually liked Center Stage because I think the message behind Center Stage was like she 
wasn't she wasn't cookie cutter mm-hmm. and even though she was like this beautiful blonde thing like it was just like i'm going to show them <laughs> Show them how hard it is to be me. My feet don't turn out. (laughs) But I am beautiful. Genetically. Superior. And through that power, I can summon spirits for amazing costume changes. But like most other dance movies, and I'm struggling to think of the popular ones, but like basically the step up ones are not real. Like there's a win, there's a win at the end all the time. And fame was like, yeah, have dreams. But just know that they'll probably crush you. I think that's oh, – I would rather my kid get obsessed with – I don't have kids. Just everyone's own. They're like, what? No. If I had children, um, I that to me would be much more valuable than a message like center stage though because like mm-hmm. – because um, at the end – Everybody gets a job in center, at center stage. Like everybody's employed. Everyone's fine. Right. Jody is with that weird Eric guy who's like, she doesn't know I see her. And it's like, oh, you are bizarre, my yeah. friend. Yeah. But fame is like dreams can crush you. And I think that's a really important message to take away from almost any story because, I mean, they can. I, yeah. we know, I know people who's – my own dreams have crushed me sometimes. Oh, same. Same. Yeah. I think – I, I mean, before even stand-up, just so many – I mean, the hip-hop dance dream. <sighs> well, I'm not a hip-hop dancer. I'm not in the new Cardi B, Bruno Mars video and stings a little bit. But <laughs> – Is there a loss? Is there a fucking loss? <laughs> but no, it, it's true. Like I, I think like it kind of resonated with me because it, it felt – it just felt real. And sometimes when movies are marketed towards younger people, it, they just don't feel real. No. And it, granted, it, maybe it got too real at parts. Like there, there's moments in the movie where I'm like, uh, this movie maybe has a little too much like uh, – I don't know. I don't – I'm afraid to spoil it in case someone's sold on watching it. But Coco has like an end that I'm not quite comfortable with. I oh. Yeah. I mean I feel like you could probably spoil it because it came out in 1980. <laughs> yeah, and. I guess. I mean, well, okay, hold on. You know what we're going to do? I'm going to let you decide. We're going to pause for a break. Okay. And then you, by that point, you'll have an answer. <laughs> Deal. Okay, so, I mean, that was, I think everybody was really on the edge of their seat when we left that cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> what happened? Is her Coco? Okay, so what happens Coco, to her? I guess I should explain a little bit about Coco. Very ambitious. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's half black, half Puerto Rican, and very, like, she does it all. She sings, she dances, she acts. And from the beginning, she's like, you just get this sense that she's very business-minded. Coco's the one. She's played by Irene Cara, who sings the fame song, I'm oh. Gonna Live Forever. She also sings... Um, uh, the song from Flashdance, What a Feeling. <gasps> yeah. And, I, <laughs> I just had a feeling right there, clearly. <laughs> yeah, great oh voice. Oh, my God. Great. And, like, she has – she had a more humble career. I think she did more stage stuff um, than she did, like, on-screen stuff. But anyways, this isn't about Irene Cara. This is about Coco. So Coco goes through, like, her whole four years kind of just doing great stuff. You know, like, her scenes are very much about her ambition and her drive. And, and then she, like, gets hit on – by this guy at a cafe who's like pretending to be like a French director and clearly isn't a French director by his like thick New York accent. He's like, hey, Coco, my name's Francois Lafitte. I'm like, first of all, Lafitte is your fake French name? Okay. I'm, I mean, whatever. But I, 
No, you had a really great French accent there, actually. That was it. So, <laughs> casting director, if you're looking for someone. If you need someone to pretend to be French, your girl. But uh, Coco, yeah, Coco basically falls for, like, his weird compliments. And he's like, yeah, come to my place and I'll do, like, a like a screen test for you. Oh, God, I've watched too many murder shows. Yeah, she doesn't get murdered, but she does end up, like, taking off her top and crying no. into, like, a camera. And it's the... Like second last scene of the movie. No, <laughs> yeah, the, the, it's that, and then graduation. What? <laughs> and it, which is crazy because she's in the graduation scene singing like she didn't just get like uh, assaulted. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Like, full on. Yeah, it's it's too gritty. It's too much. That is like there's no closure on that. No, that's like a Dick Wolf production. <laughs> Yes, like, it is. Oh my god! Yeah, it's fame SVU. Is it's messed up? That's really that's a bummer. Which is it's such a bummer because you root for her the whole movie and her like ambitious self, and and then it's that. And I guess it's like a good cautionary tale. I remember watching the movie because I made all my friends watch this movie. Well, once. obviously, I had a few movies I did that with. At some point, I was obsessed with Michael Jackson. That died with the thing with the kids. But yeah. at some point, I would make people watch like a Michael Jackson, like a behind like the magic or mm-hmm. whatever it was called. And then I, I used to also make people watch Purple Rain. Oh, so you're a cool person. So you're saying you were, you were a great friend <laughs> to your friends. controlling about <laughs> No, you, ha- you have a caliber <laughs> and you hold friends accountable. And if they can't deal with that, they don't deserve any of those nice things, nor your friendship. I like your positive spin on this. I, it makes you seem a lot less crazy. Was it not you? I told on Friday that I made my neighbor learn the men in black dance on my front <laughs> on my lawn. Oh and my I God. would be like, no, no, you did it again. And then <laughs> she did not enjoy our friendship shortly thereafter. You know what? That's she- her stupid loss. And this is why we're meant to know each other. Oh, my God. Yes. But uh, one of my friends in high school, Nina, said to me when we were watching movies, she's like, I feel like what happened to Coco would happen to you. Oh. And I was like, come on. And, and But I get it because I, I do – I am – I was gullible. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm not likely to be a Coco now. And maybe that's why I seriously pursued a career in entertainment later on in life. Because mm-hmm. earlier in life, like not maybe not Coco, but maybe murdered. Like, I, I would have been the idiot, like, oh, that sounds like a great audition. I'll meet you in that alley in five, you know? I understand. It's also yeah. because, I don't know, we, when you are living someplace, like, we weren't, like, you didn't live in New York, where, mm-hmm. like, opportunities seem to just present themselves as you're walking down the street. Right, as they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> and our romanticized notions of Manhattan when we're young. <laughs> so, of course, you would think that, like, you almost wait to be approached because you hear about all of those, like, Matt, yeah. like the Pamela Anderson at a football game story. Right. Or, like, blah, blah, blah at the mall and da da well, da I used to – so my aunt used to live next door to this music producer – um, who worked with like Luther Vandross and had a Grammy, and he for some reason was convinced that I was going to be famous one day. He's which, correct. Well, I mean, I I've been on the Beaverton, so well, there you go. And you're on this podcast. I think <laughs> and that's I, and this I mean, is good as it gets. The prophecy is fulfilling itself. Here we are. Let's call our coke <laughs> friend from Friday, and we'll just trifecta that shit. <laughs> 
when he um he, like it, it was it fed into that that idea of like because he's like you can't live in Canada you got to move to to New York and I was like you bet but I also am a person who classically just doesn't have their shit together so no like one has their shit together um, if, if I have time to travel I don't have money if I have money to travel I don't have time so and I'm also just not like when people do paperwork I'm impressed by it you know oh if you can get your admin together I'm in awe my friend I mean I'm trying this year. But I don't. I don't think I'm going to move out of Canada. I think I'm kind of comfortable. Yeah. I, I, and I realized I don't actually want fame, which is a great. Oh. I think is something fame taught me. <laughs> this is the best conversation I've ever had in my life. Uh, for the record, <laughs> I feel like I've gone to church and not in the weird, creepy way of when priest <laughs> told me he had a boner once. I mean, like oh, he did what? do that. That is a thing. Oh my god! You'll read about all of that in my upcoming book. I can't title wait. The same as this podcast. Um, but I think there is something. I think you know what it is. It's the idea that like I think we confuse um, being respected and being known with being famous, and those are two very different things. Mm-hmm. Because I think about like authors or speakers or even like great thinkers and politicians and like behind the scenes people like like yeah. that list goes on and you might nerd out over meeting like an author or an animator and that doesn't make their work yeah. any less important than someone who is on the red carpet at the golden globes yeah in fact those people are just reading the work that this person has done absolutely i, I think the the pitfalls of fame and like the the stress of fame uh, it is definitely unappealing to me. And I, I realize this also because of social media. Mm-hmm. Like I, I stress over – like I, I'm in awe of what you can do on Twitter. Like you're very yourself and it, people love it and you're so authentic. And I, I think that's uh, – that is a talent and it's also a thing for me to know like, oh, I get really nervous about people knowing me. That's probably a sign I shouldn't pursue like, you know, name and lights. I'd rather – I'd love to be successful but fame is – no. Well, I would – well, A, thank you for saying that really nice thing about me. I promise I'm only authentic because I give myself away within like a second of meeting a person. So I can't <laughs> pretend. I'm just a oh, – it's tragic. But number two, I would equate your career to being that of successful. Like because you yeah. have built a career based on being yourself and you've built a career based on entertaining people from the stage and you – You've never – like I've seen you do stand-up before in the past and it's like you're interesting and you take risks and you do a lot of things that I think most people in general are afraid to do and that's very put, – putting yourself in a very vulnerable position. And I mean I don't think a lack of like being – I don't know. I keep – why do I keep thinking of Jennifer Lawrence when I think of famous people? But like <laughs> you know what I mean? Because she's the prototype of fame. She's the yeah. prototype. Yeah, I guess so. But like that doesn't make – you any less important and known and exciting and valuable. I think we've just got a really skewed vision of fame. I think mm-hmm. a lot of us think of it as something that means that we've made it, but I think it's actually um, – it's like a symptom of like doing a good – like it's almost like a no, that's not – it's it's what happens when you've already done the thing. It's a bonus, but it's definitely not something you aspire to. Yeah, like <clears throat> the one thing about fame I think that's probably pretty cool is the swag, right? Oh, yes. Like all the free stuff you get just because people want to be associated with you 100%. and your brand. But I can't – but then when you think of like the offside of that, like the, the reverse of that where people only want to know you because it benefits them. 
Yeah. Is like it, that's exhausting. Yeah. Right? Whereas it's like I also then it's that whole question of like I know that we are ourselves and our work, mm-hmm. but of course there's professional self and then there's a self that might like call your mom crying and being like I'm having the worst day of my life. Oh and yeah. It's like well who do I get to be actually vulnerable around? Right. And like who do I trust and like who who likes me because we're friends and not because it, like they think it's cool that on Instagram we're tagging each other like yes yeah. Oh man, it's real. And we're gonna have some some other chats. We are some non podcast chats. Oh my! No, we're having them here. We're having I want them everybody all to here. know. Yeah, Let's name know. people we think are dicks right now. <laughs> real people. Just kidding. We will for sure name you after the podcast. Just not yeah. not on the actual yeah. one. Be warned, Coke Monster. Um. Okay. Like I mean, how? Wait. So. How old were you the first time you saw Fame? Um, oh, yeah. So I had ordered it. I have it on VHS, and I still have a VCR Bless. because of that. <laughs> Good. But um, I was – I think I went to Scarborough Town Center. There was a video stand that no longer exists there where you could special order movies. And I think I probably was about 13, which, like, not age appropriate, but – But kind of, though. But, yeah, it taught me lessons. I mean, like, we all watched The Craft when we were 13. That's not appropriate by yeah, any stretch of the for imagination. Sure. It's just, like, <laughs> it's your avenue into, like, later adolescence. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then how often do you watch it? So it's tapered off in years. Um, <clears throat> as all my movies that I have to rewind, uh, I don't really watch as frequently. But I would say I, it gets a nice, like, once-a-year rinse now. It used to be, like – monthly really yeah i'd just watch it like just in the background while i was cleaning like there's certain things like that relax me and for some reason even though there are horror nightmarish things that happen in it i i'm like ah like i know that song (laughs) that's the other thing about fame the music happens for a reason right like even like the dancing in the street scene seems realistic because there's angry new yorkers involved Oh, I love that. Yeah. I still romanticize New York, actually, when I'm feeling really blue about stuff that's happening here, or just if I feel out of control of my life. Yeah. I will still over-romanticize that city. It's very strange. It's I get it. I, I feel like the New York that we have in our head is different than the New York that exists now. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. But I wish I could go to, like, 1970s or 80s oh, New York. I know, right? And be like, I would... I think I'd join a mafia ring for sure. <laughs> I, I laugh, but I know that I would. <laughs> I there's a darkness in you that I can see that it happening. Is. I know I'm a vindictive person, and like I've come Same to here. yeah. And you know what? I feel, I've come to embrace that about myself. Same. I think yeah. that's great. Yeah, I think you have to. I think like I don't know. I think people who claim that they're not vindictive, they're liars. like, oh, you you've murdered someone, and you're lying or about they're it. They're weak. Isn't that awful? That my great. I'm like, fine. Don't be vindictive. I'll just kill your whole family. Just kidding. I will never weak. hurt anyone. I'll just ruin your career with like the, the way right you point. said. And they're or they're weak. There was like a glint in your beautiful blue eyes. That was like, oh, she's for sure run someone over with her car. That's amazing. I have done things in my life <laughs> that when I have told the story to those friends, they have been like, what is happening? I mean, just a, I remember a girl next door when I was four cut her beautiful hair into a mullet and I was so angry that Ooh. she would do that that I wouldn't play with her. <laughs> and then she came to the door one day with two freezies and knocked on the door and was like, Hey, Annie, will you come play with me? And I took one of the freezes and I was like, no, and closed the door. Amazing. And my mom was like, where did you get that? And I was like, Julia gave it to me and I don't want to play with her. And then she marched me. I was, I have never been marched outside so quickly <laughs> and forced to apologize and forced to play with a person. Sorry, your hair sucks. I'm so, I, 
I was so angry. <laughs> she cut her own hair. That's why I was angry. Mm. I was so mad. But that is a lesson she needed to learn. I was never allowed to have long hair because I don't know why. And I was so mad that my <laughs> living vicariously window had been <laughs> – Anyways, listen, the internet does not need any more of that story. What we're going to do is a little rapid fire. Fun. Okay, so we already know how old you were. We already know how often you watch. We already know that it's on VHS. Uh, What's the scene that makes you the most emotional? Ooh, okay. Scene that makes me most emotional. Okay. Oh, there's okay. There's a tie, but I'll. I'll oh, pick. you can say both. Yeah. It's not like I mean. Listen, <laughs> what what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a scene with um, um, Irene Cara who plays Coco, mm-hmm. where she's just singing at a piano with Bruno, this like musician kid, and he clearly has a crush on her, and they're just singing together, and um, she's singing. Um, Oh, I can't even remember the name of the song right now, but it's the ballad. There's a ballad in there. And, and just the way she sings the song is very, like, I get very, like, connected when people sing well. Like, I just, what a basic bitch thing to say. No. Like, when people <laughs> sing well, it makes me feel. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Okay, great. Because I'm going to audition right now for fame by singing for you. <laughs> Copy of the ballad right here. And okay, what was the second and, one? Uh, the second one is uh, Leroy. So Leroy is being challenged by his English teacher to read because he's like kind of stubborn and a jerk in class and he's only there for dance. And she's like basically shaming him in front of everyone like you can't read, like prove prove you can read. And he loses it and he just starts like he destroys like the classroom and it's – and everyone – you can see everyone's expressions like they feel for him and – it, they, they, you, there's no aftermath of the scene, but you just see that this character is so frustrated and and hurt and angry. And I, I think like I've had feelings where I've been so embarrassed in school where I wanted to Leroy out, but I went to private school. So it was like, I'm going to snap this pencil. Hey, I've seen school ties. You could have done some math shit. <laughs> School ties. What a what a weird. I, I haven't seen that in years. No, I know that. I remember. I was young when I watched it, and I remember thinking I shouldn't be watching this. Yet yeah. I continue to. It was like my first foray into like, oh, that's what anti-Semitism is. Yeah, I still like, <laughs> don't get what who this show the who was for this film. But I remember being like, <laughs> it's a young hot guy cast. But it can't be for teen girls. Like, what is – Yeah. Who is this for? I don't know. But it never gets any syndication love. No. And I think there's probably a really good reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Now, out of all of like – I think since Fame, there's been a really great, generous number of dance and art school Mm -hmm. based movies. So there's like Center Stage or Step Up. There's Step Up 47. There's like (laughs) – there's like the um, Take the Lead that one of my best friends made me watch like four times in theaters. Take the Lead, right? Is that Vanessa Williams or – No, that's Antonio Banderas. And then um, it's – I mean I think I cried in that film. What is your – if we can't choose Fane, like what is your like runoff of Fane, like that next movie in that realm that you're like, okay, this movie did a pretty good job? Ooh. Um, well, you know, it's funny. I, I do love Center Stage, but maybe for all the wrong reasons. Well, like, it's bad. It's bad, but it's it's like good bad. Oh, it's a comforting like, bad. Like when – what's her name? Uh, Zoe 
uh, is that her name? Oh my God, yes, Zoe um, Saldana. Yeah, Zoe Saldana's yes, in it. Yes. And when she puts out a cigarette with her ballet uh, shoe, I'm like, that is the definition of a ballerina badass right there. Right? I loved, I loved all of the cheese in that movie. I loved them Latin dancing. Ugh. And then uh, the next day, have they have to like soap up mirrors as punishment. Oh my God. It's very vivid. The, the fact that the final dance scene is to a Jamiroquai song. Oh my God. And also the fact that like Cooper Nielsen is not hot. Yeah, he's supposed to be the hottest. And his like gyrating is so upsetting. It's really upsetting. I remember being 13 (laughs) and being like, am I supposed to be into this? Because I like Ilya Kulik. (laughs) Yeah. Also, how are you going to choreograph the affair that you had with the director's wife and cast a student in it? And no one's like, "Uh, that's a problem. Because it was the 90s and Peter Gallagher. <laughs> Those eyebrows. There was a line in that where he, Peter Gallagher says, Eric can't dance. And my friend and I all through high school would describe bad movies with bad acting. Or she'd be like, mm, it's very Eric can't dance. I'd be like, oh, oh that's okay. so good. Eric can't dance. If you had to choreograph a dance for yourself, what song would you set it to? Oh, my God. This is a dream question. I know. Uh, what song would I set my dance to? Oh, it would be um, – do I Do by Stevie Wonder. <gasps> Good times. Thank you. You're welcome. That was a great question. I listen. I don't fuck around on this podcast. I, I can quit comedy now. I'm like, I've just been asked the penultimate, like the, the <laughs> not even penult- the ultimate question. You quit everything right now. You text all of your managers and your bosses <laughs> and you say, I am done. I'm done. I, I have been on a podcast. Okay. I've made it. <laughs> it's a fun podcast. It's done. Um, okay. My final question. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I know that they did make a remake. And I know that it is an atrocity, and we're just not going to talk about it. Thank you. If they were to remake it properly, mm-hmm. who would you cast as your leads? Oh, my God. Oh, it would be really hard. I don't think I would cast anybody famous. Oh. I think that was the beauty of the thing with fame is that they were all kind of unknowns. Mm-hmm. And they were all um, – not all, but a lot of them were graduates from the school, from the actual school of the arts it was based on. Cool. Um, Leroy was actually kicked out for disorderly behavior of the school of the I arts. I am getting – I don't know who Leroy is or what he looks like, but I'm very into him right now. He's like – I think he passed away unfortunately. Oh, but he's – it like – he yeah like he did play straight in the movie and i i feel like that was a bit of, like a little tiny bit of a stretch oh, okay like, but okay he but they were all like fantastic and uh fresh faced and like but like not fresh faced as in like young but fresh faced as in like oh they're i don't know them from the only person you might recognize is the guy who plays the comic was in Saturday Night Fever the guy who commits suicide oh yeah this movie is i have to watch this movie yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty great. They, they they even like the girl who plays like my least favorite character, but only because she's annoying. Mm-hmm. Like that, the actress is great because she portrays that annoyingness well. Mm-hmm. Doris Finsecker is like this actress who's like her her big dilemma in life is like I'm so boring. Everyone's so interesting, and I'm boring. Classic A on T Donahue in grade nine through age yes. twenty four. I feel like my problem with that character is like oh I relate too much. I I've hate that. always felt like oh I wish like I had a murdered twin. Right? Yeah. It's called, oh my God, I remember thinking, I was like, you know what make me more interesting? Mental health issue. And then I got one and I was like, well, this is not interesting. This girl, is not fun. I don't I'm enjoy right this. I'm right there with you. Yeah, we, our prayers were answered oh, and it's like, oh. Too much girl interrupted on my end. And being like, that looks amazing. I should have that life. And then being like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I take it all back. 
Leroy in my head, by the way, um, because, again, because I haven't seen it, there was a guy in my grade 8 class who once threw a desk across the room <laughs> and took all of his Ritalin at the same time and was, like, really violent. And But yet he liked me and would, like, call me on the phone and I would build, like, a 3D puzzle on the phone and talk to him. I am imagining him to look like this person. And I'm like, I love Leroy. Should I – I should reach back out to Liam. You know what? No, nope, <laughs> nope, you shouldn't. And no, don't I do it. No, I think we're good. No. Okay. Now tell me <clears> – <throat> What do you have to plug? Plug yourself. Oh, okay. Um, well, oh, I'm going to be at the Kitchener Waterloo Festival, <gasps> the comedy festival, on the 23rd, 24th, and I think I'm doing a show on the 20th. Oh, as well. fun. Well, let's yeah. hang out. Yes. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but also for everyone else listening, where can everyone find you on the internet? Oh, well, um, okay, so I have a Twitter. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I it's do. true. It's um, at A I E E E S H A. It's literally spelled the way your name is pronounced. It is, but not the way it's spelled, right? So, like Aisha, um, you can find me there, or I do have a website. I haven't updated in like two years. So, uh, AishaBrown.com. If you want to go there and see what I was up to two years ago, yeah, little (laughs) time hop. And I think, oh, my calendar though is up to date because it links to my Google Calendar. Naturally, if you want to see shows I'm on, then it's on that calendar. You have Instagram too. Oh yeah, like barely use it, but. It's there. Basically, if you walk into the street, scream Aisha's name three times, <laughs> say one fame reference, and she'll show up yeah. pure reading and praying next to you. It'll be wonderful. Okay. Well, this was, you having you on was a dream. And Aww, this I is adore so you, and I'm so glad you wanted to be part of this. Thanks for having me, Anne. I'm so excited to be here. And of course. You'll have to come back. Please. I hate when people are like, I've had her one time. I'm done. Like, no, go fuck yourself. I have so many dumb obsessions. Good. Everyone does. I wish everyone – murder is mine, and now it's cool. So like, <laughs> now people want to talk about it. So anyways, um, this has been Nobody Cares. I'm Auntie Donahue. I will see you next week. And um, hit me with your obsession sessions that you don't think anybody cares about, you can find me on Twitter at Auntie Donahue. Okay, bye! So now let's hear what you guys care about, which, by the way, you can get in on too. If you go to my website, nobodycarespodcast.ca, you can either phone in or write in and we can talk about all your obsessions that are not shared by the rest of the world. Anyways, here we go. Here's our next batch. Hi, Anne. My greatest obsession is hyperbole. Yeah, that's right. The figure of speech where I exaggerate and think everything is the greatest thing possible. All my friends make fun of me for it. Every single movie I see is the best one I've ever seen, without fail. Hyperbole is probably my greatest weakness, and I get made fun of it all the time, but nothing I can do to stop it. I guess I'm just a huge optimist who loves positivity. Who knows? Anyway, I'll probably keep exaggerating things for the rest of my life. But for now, it's safe to say yours is the greatest podcast I've ever listened to. Okay, so my obsession is bananas. And I don't mean that as the, you know, the fruit. I don't care about the fruit. The fruit's fine. I really love Johnny Bananas, who is a star from The Challenge uh, on MTV and uh, the reason he's a star out of like, you know, Z-list celebrities is because he has been on that show for 16 seasons. He is the most winningest competitor. Um, and the challenge is basically like physical gamemanship and strategic, you know, manipulations. It's weirdly an old school reality TV show and it is great. And the biggest star out of that is Bananas. 
aside from all of that, he's a, a really, really great villain. Um, and he's weirdly charming. So you kind of hate him, but also you can't stop watching. He is magnetic. And therefore, everyone should just love him. So like, I love Johnny Bananas and I could talk about him forever. You should check it out and love him too.